I want to see literature and say, what is the best thing for hunters? How do we make hunters be the very best and be successful, whether they are hunting sheep up in Alaska, whether they're hunting it, you know, down in Mexico, wherever they're at, let's, what's the best thing? Welcome to the Hoyt Bowhunting Podcast. I'm your host today, Alan Bolin. Evan Williams is also hosting from Hoyt. Evan, this is going to be fun. We've got Preston Ward on today. Preston Ward is a doctor of physical therapy. And uh, I've actually personally hired uh, Preston to help me with some shoulder problems that I had developed through jujitsu that was affecting my archery. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in his knowledge and ability to help people. So I think, I think Preston, what you're doing is really cool because you've actually decided to focus on this sport in, in particular, mm-hmm. what, what, what's the idea there? Why? I mean, what, what's, uh, made you, uh, make that decision? Yeah, it was, um, it's funny, Alan, actually this month, probably almost to the day makes marks four years that I've been in business. And I remember specifically been an avid bow hunter my whole life. Right. And through graduate school, didn't have as much time to focus on hunting as Mm -hmm. much as I had to, but then for my graduation present, uh, my family and everybody pitched in and got me a, it was an old Hoyt carbon defiant. And I still, I still have that bow. I still love that. Yeah, bow. There you go. Everyone's like, that has the smoothest cams on it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, a great, great bow. I have one of those. I have one of those hanging right here in my shop. That is like one of the ones I just will never let go of. Yep, mine I, think too. I, have it in, I think I have it in like the Ridge Reaper camo or something like that. It's just, it's just a good bow. Like all yeah, around. 34. Um, um, so I, anyways, I got that, but I was setting it up at a, at a shop and I remember vividly, like really I can't remember exactly where I was Turn back. These two guys are in the shop. They're probably in their fifties and, you know, maybe, maybe early sixties, probably not even that old, but fifties. And they're saying, man, my shoulder's just killing me. I think I'm going to have to hold up or turn up my, you know, gosh, I'm going to have to turn down my bow. I'm going to have to hang up my bow. And I don't know if I'll be able to shoot anymore. I'm going to have to pick up a crossbow. That's it. It was just, it, he was, he was, he was done though. He was thinking he was done. And wow. nothing wrong with shooting a crossbow. Nothing, nothing wrong with shooting a crossbow. It's, he was just done. Yeah, me- me- mentally, he, yeah, he's checked out on it. He was just he- checked out, his shoulder hurt, and I'm going to have to have surgery. And you hear all these things and everyone hears, you know, rotator cuff this and they have this kind of gloom and doom mindset and i remember specifically looking at him be like you know that there's something that can be done right like we, we can really go through a bunch of stuff and really ultimately try to prevent surgery i mean that's that's my job as a physical therapist that's what i do as an orthopedic specialist i want to try to keep people out of surgery and so then this light bulb clicked. I'm like, why isn't there a physical therapist doing this? It's a sport just like you Alan, and your jujitsu. And, you know, it's a sport just like anything else. Like we should have some, you know, doctors that are really specifically engaged in this. And so opened up my practice. And ever since then, it's just been going awesome. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So obviously then, you know, it sounds like you've really keyed in on some of the problems that archers deal with, but do you also have I mean, I, not that I expect exact data, but like, like generally what percentage of your clients are dealing with other issues related to hunting that aren't necessarily archery, like stuff that might keep them from backpacking or, or different physical things required in hunting. Do you also see a lot of that? 
Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, there's actually some pretty good hard data that says that the majority of um, hunters' injuries really are, or not, maybe not just even injuries, that's a hard word to say, but things that keep them out of orthopedic injuries that keep orthopedic issues that keep them out of the backcountry. And that the number one thing is back pain. Oh, really? Like people who have back pain, who have back-related issues. Then after that, you have knee issues, a lot of knee complaints, people hiking, going on whatever hunts they're going on, descending heels, and then the next thing is shoulders. And so even with my bow hunter population, like 95% of my clients are bow hunters, I would say. Most of them oh, okay. are hunters in general. And those are the things that we just see that are very common that keep people from the backcountry, really, from from hunting. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Sorry, Alan. So you mentioned back issues and, and I am just coming off a back strain. Do you find that it's actually a back issue or do you think it stems more from a tightness or a lack of mobility or a strength deficiency in the posterior chain, which again is, is hamstrings, glutes, um, and the same with knees. Is it, is it stemming from a calf or an ankle issue? Yeah, no, you, you bring up a great question that it's, it's usually always stemming from that posterior chain. And I'm not even going to say that when, when I, when I look at a patient, when I evaluate a patient, I'm trying to say, okay, what's the best treatment for you at this time to get you better? And so maybe there's those people that really do have some of that kind of sciatica, we'll say, I mean, I'm going to use some of these terms like that, that or maybe it is a disc or maybe things like that, that they would put them into a different category where it really is a back. But for the majority of the hunters that I'm seeing, I mean, the people that I'm, that I'm seeing and working with, we're seeing individuals who are training a lot, putting a lot of work into, um, I, I've always said now, I think um, you both have probably lived this way for a long time, that hunting is really, you know, 365 days as far as we're training and things like that. And so yeah, absolutely. you can put a lot of you can put a lot of stress there. And so where I see the deficits are certainly through that posterior chain, um, the glutes, the, the glutes primarily. I mean, if I test 10 people, I'm going to say that at least eight of them are going to be deficient in those glutes. And when I say glutes, the hips, abductors, the lifting your legs out to the side, those, those muscles on the side of your hip, because we have some also very good data to say that those numbers should be at a certain percentage of your body weight. And if they're not, then that's where the things down the chain start to start to break down. And and those glutes, again, are just so important for core stability. Right. That's really interesting. Right. So I, I was uh, surprised where you just said it almost alluded that like some of this could is coming from over like not overtraining, because I know that's that's like a, a very specific I mean, listening like Huberman and some of these guys, like overtraining is like uh, not really what we normally like. It's like literally you can't function normally for weeks after mm -hmm. a certain regimen, you know, but but what you're saying is people are working out a lot and experiencing problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what else. I, there's this happy medium. And I think that we have individuals that are training too much. I, and I, I kind of keep saying this, that, um, yeah, you're right. Overtraining, maybe is not the right word, but there are certainly people that are exercising and training all the time where that can be just as a, a, as problematic as those that are under training as well. And I would say under training is probably 
worse, but nonetheless, yeah. there's this kind of happy well, medium and finding what, what works for you for that specific hunt, for that specific tag, everything else. You know, in, in, in my experience, you know, over a long time hunting with a lot of different friends and clients. Yeah. And, you know, I just got to say that the majority of the people I've seen have a hard time in the backcountry are overweight. Yeah. Like if somebody's like, that's gotta be to me, I don't know. Like if I'm thinking of the number one issue, keeping people out of peak performance and out of the mountains, it's not like a joint issue. It's the fact that they're overweight. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, you could, and I would, I would agree with that. And that puts just a lot of strain on their joints. It puts a lot of strain right. on their knees. And, and there's kind of this level of weight that you want to be at where you still can carry a hind quarter out, right? You can still pack out an elk, whatever it is, but you also want to be able to carry your body light enough that you're not just, you know, clampering all over rocks and everything yeah. like yep. that. Yep. And I, I definitely am one that has experienced that. You know, it's, it's been mentioned multiple times what I used to look like. You know, I used to be 5'8", 150 pounds. And a couple of weeks ago when I stepped on the scale, I was 207. And, you know, Al and I were talking before we started. The worst that I've ever physically felt when I got onto the mountain, and this was, um, this was a, a specific mule deer hunt. And for, and for the listeners... For the listeners, so they know, Evan's not fat. <laughs> Evan's a CrossFit guy, and so he he's basically put on fifty pounds of muscle over the past how, yeah. how many years? 10 yeah, years probably eight, ten years now. So, and I yeah. was I was two oh two oh three two oh four when I went on that hunt, and my body had never experienced that amount of you know mass, for lack of a better term, at those kind of elevations. So when you have that kind of weight that you're carrying, whether it's again, the muscle or the fat, the, the heavier you are, the more oxygen that your body needs to function. And my system was kicking my butt because I couldn't get the amount of oxygen that my body needed. And I was sluggish and slow and I couldn't, I couldn't stay hydrated. It was not a fun hunt. You know, so you're, you're actually carrying around mm -hmm. too much muscle. I would, I would, for, for my build. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For, for an endurance sport. Cause I mean, let's face it, like hunting is an endurance sport in most cases, not a power lifting sport. Absolutely. hundred percent. Cause yeah. you look at it. Okay. Guy's going to leave a trailhead and my spike camp or base camp or whatever, whatever you're going to do on that hunt is three and a half miles back. And I've got to put on 2000 vertical gain in that distance. That's a nice, long, slow grind getting there. You're not sprinting 400 yards and then resting for three minutes and sprinting 400 yards. It'll take forever to get there and you're going to sweat your gear out. You know, yeah. um, we were talking about, sorry, you're, we were talking about hip strength um, and that hip strength to body mass um, to body weight ratio. And so I'm just, I'm sitting here listening to this and thinking about you gaining, you know, 50 pounds so of muscle mass and how you were probably gaining muscle mass in other areas as well. But when we really test the hip strength, we're, we're trying to get it to a specific percentage of body weight ratio. So if you're getting heavier, whether it's muscle mass or, you know, whatever it is, and those muscles, then they need to keep getting stronger as well. So for particular, those glute muscles, which were probably getting stronger, but mm -hmm. maybe they weren't hitting that percentage. I was working with a client that I saw a year ago and then 
with him, I'll do kind of like these yearly evaluations, these yearly musculoskeletal evaluations for hunting, just to make sure that everything is looking good. He does it in the spring. He's been working, doing these exercises and I tested him again and he had improved by about 50%, but he's still about, we'll say 10% shy of that number. And so it just takes a really long time to build those muscles too. Yeah. And, Mm. and I mean, you, you know, my issues because we met with a hip issue specifically Mm -hmm. that I had. And I mean, even the left to right imbalance was insane. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, I see that a lot where there is some of those imbalance side to side, but again, I, I, that's what I do. I test off of what's kind of recommended for sport. And like you guys, like you were both saying that, you know, um, hunting is this endurance sport that you need to have the endurance. You need to have the strength. And I try to say everyone needs to have that strength at that particular body weight ratio. And then the endurance to be able to do that day in and day out. Um, it can take a toll on your body for sure. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you an opinion I have that just from something I've observed and just whatever my personal bias. So I want to know, I want to know if, if you think I'm right or wrong. Uh, and, and I get, I think Evan and I would, would disagree on this. So it might be an interesting discussion. I laugh. So here we go. Laugh. Here we go. Yeah. 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 I laugh because I love personal biases. <laughs> we all have Yeah. Them. Great. Great. So I, uh, I'm not a believer in like weightlifting. Like I, I've, I've always been like a very, you know, rustling jujitsu running body weight exercises. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of these big gym guys, that no offense, Evan, <laughs> but I, I feel like it is a, a very aesthetic thing. And I know Evan's into CrossFit, which is one of the less like focused on aesthetics. Like he's not a bodybuilder. CrossFit guys are like into like fitness, you know, and that, so that's definitely like more what I think is, is, is the right way to go about things. But a lot of, a lot of this, the gym scene, I'm, I'm just not convinced that that actually helps people in the field. Um, I think cardio movement and, you know, flexibility that those are the key things. Like I I've, I've hiked against gym guys and I crush them and, and I don't, I don't have the same complaints. I don't have the same, you know, like pain and this and that. And just, so like my bias and experience tells me that pumping iron is not like something that's, that's going to be as beneficial as trail running and you know, body weight exercises. And if you, you know, if you can get and like use your body, like, I, I mean, I, of course I love jujitsu, but like you're using your entire body in a very well-balanced way. So what what are your thoughts on that Preston? And Evan, do you have any like comebacks or whatever? I'm sure you do. <laughs> I do, um, but I want to hear, I want to hear Preston's first. In, in hard, between a rock and a hard spot. Um, I think you bring up a great point though. Um, Alan, as, as far as jujitsu and rolling and all sorts of things like that, I think that's what you call it. Don't you call that? Do you call it rolling? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Grappling, whatever. Yeah. But, but I think you bring up a good point about putting your body into these positions. And as far as, you know, that good mobility, I would agree with that, that I believe body weight exercises from a physical therapy standpoint, I do a ton of body weight with my, with my patients, even just saying, Hey, here's an exercise band. And when I, when I give people these exercise bands, they're like, ah, that's easy. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'll just go pump, pump iron and stuff like that. But there's these key movements that you can target with some of that, you know, light to medium resistance where you really are focusing on trying to 
hit those numbers like I'm talking about, those percentages that we all want, whether it's your rotator cuff, whether it's your hip strength, other core values that are very important. And so I can't, I, I like what you said there. I, I do agree with that. I think at the same time, we think about just building muscle or hunting. Some people don't have as much muscle and we definitely need muscle to get us up the mountain. We definitely need muscle in general to prevent injuries. And so pumping some iron, you know, is still a good thing. And I would agree though. I don't think we need to be going as heavy um, or shooting for these high, high numbers. Gaining strength is really important, but maybe it's a little bit less or it's more higher volume, higher repetitions versus trying to set, you know, a a one RM. And it might be, it might be too that, you know, just to not like confuse, like, um, cause and effect. A lot of the, the gym guys, they, they, you know, I hear them say this, like, I hate cardio. They say, I hate cardio. I just like to lift. And so, you know, somebody just lifts and they don't do cardio, like they're not going to perform well. And Mm -hmm. so maybe it's not that lifting is bad. It's just the lack of cardio is bad. And a cardio guy is just going to, you know, a runner is just going to do better because like they have awesome cardio. Now, maybe that runner would do better if they added some weights yep. and um, maybe yep. and the, that's, you, you like that, Evan, I can see your expression absolutely. here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, ex- that's exactly. Yep. And it's, and it's funny because I've had, I've had this exact conversation three different times this week. Um, and whether you want to call it CrossFit, whether you want to call it functional fitness, um, I am in agreement that cardio is going to be a bigger cure-all for what we're doing because of the amount of miles that we're putting in, the distances we're covering, the elevation change. Like you're moving your body in so many different planes, horizontal hiking across the mountain, vertical, going up the mountain, rotational when you are turning and moving. Um, that's where the wrestling, the grappling, jujitsu, judo, those things are going to be very, very good because of moving your body in different planes. The the functional fitness, and I know CrossFit has, has this negative connotation, so I'm going to say functional fitness. That simply is putting different movements together that have the cardio or the monostructural piece to it, which is a skier, a biker, a salt bike, rowing, running, jump rope. Okay. Those are, those are monostructural or one type of movement. And you pair those with a lightweight or lower percentage resistance training. I'm not Mm -hmm. going in. My bench Mm -hmm. sucks because I don't train it. I, I don't see the benefit for me in what I like doing in hunting to have a 315 pound bench. Do I want to be able to bench that? Absolutely. Am I going to ever do it? Probably not. And so if I can do do a cardiovascular or a monostructural piece with a weighted resistance piece, you know, one of the favorite ones I like to do right now is running with a clean because I get I get the breath work and I get the cardiovascular piece. And now I have to tighten up, have an explosive movement that is a full body movement under mm-hmm. a lower percentage of what my one rep max would be. And it's move it for time. So I'm moving fast, efficiently, and I'm moving with an intensity that keeps my heart rate up. And that moving that lactic threshold is increasing my aerobic capacity or my endurance. I just don't want to go out and run for eight miles to do the same thing because I have bad running form. So when I run, especially longer distance under fatigue, I go to a heel strike. And when you have a heel strike pattern, 
I elongate my leg. My heel hits first with almost a straight leg, which means I have extra impact on my shins, on my knees, on my hip joints. And so I choose to use the, you know, functional fitness as that aspect. And I have noticed the deficiencies in my training where I'm doing strength pieces for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whether that's back squat or an Oli lift or something with a barbell component. And then short conditioning pieces in that, you know, sub 15 minute range. And so noticing those deficiencies in my performance and how I'm able to approach a hunt, I have reeled back on some of the the shorter sprinty style workouts and started going much longer durations. You know, here's a 500 meter row with front squat on a barbell and we're going back and forth for six sets and it's a 40 minute workout or a partner workout that I intended to be 35 and we end up adding components as we're going through and I'm working out for an hour under 80% heart rate. So yeah, yeah I, I like that the way it's pretty versatile to me. I, I like the weighted resistance because of the, the strain and the resistance it puts on my body with the cardio component. And mm. I love band work. Absolutely love it because if my shoulders are sore that day, I can shorten that band range and focus on that movement. And as I loosen up, I can, put more tension on that band. I have more control based on what my body is responding to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you said that CrossFit has some sort of bad stigma. I've never heard that. If if I were to do any sort of like gym type, uh, that would be it. I mean, to me, that's like a, a, a pretty, like, you know, you're focused on general fitness, not just on physique or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and the negativity that I'm speaking of is almost everybody I've ever talked to is like, what have you, like how you've hurt your shoulders, obviously it, it's not a question of if you're going to get hurt, it's uh, yeah. when and how many yeah. times yeah. and, and it happens. that's, that's people coming in that don't have correct movement patterns or they're trying to go too heavy, too quick, um, or they're going too intense and they haven't got the mechanics and the form down. So yeah, but injuries happen, their body into, injuries happen. And they do. Like it's and, not, it's like Tristan said, a guy giving up on bow hunting because his shoulder is injured. Like I get injured at, probably a couple times a month in jujitsu. Like I have mm-hmm. a constant injury somewhere on my body, something hurts, but you take care of it. Yep. You rest that part of your body. Most of the time you can keep working out. You might start tapping early because my right elbow hurts. So I might tap super early. Anytime somebody grabs my right arm, yep. but I'm going to heal that right elbow and it's going to be fine. Like the human body freaking heals. I don't know why injuries yep. are like, so like, Oh, I can't get injured. No, I, I can get injured and I can heal. Yeah. So there's no problem. Yep. And and I, I, I fractured keep, I both of my like wrists in business. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I fractured both of my wrists. Uh, was that, was that two years ago, Preston, we worked yeah. on those. Yeah, probably. yeah. Fractured, fractured both of my wrists in a competition. And literally when I went in to have the x-rays done, this, the surgeon was looking at me going, all right, you did this with a barbell. You did this lifting. What happened? And he even told me, he was, if I hadn't had my, my wrist straps on, he was, you'd have blown your wrists out. He was that, that supported your wrist enough to do this. And we went through protocols to strengthen the, the joint, get everything loosened back up to work on my flexibility. Cause that was, that was at the root of the injury is I was moving more weight than my body could for the mobility that I had at the time. And I've come back stronger like big time stronger because I had, I had to step back, work on mobility, work on better form and technique. And once you get those down, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Preston, what are your, what are your thoughts on this conversation? Like as a, as a doctor, like you got two hacks here trying to figure (laughs) things out. Like what are your thoughts? Well, okay. So two thoughts. A, I I love how you said the human body is amazing. It heals itself and it truly does. That's, that's what I do. That's my expertise is like, let's let the human body heal. So whether you're coming back from an injury or injury or anything or trying to prevent an injury, movement and exercise is good. Now, my other thought is what is the best form out there? Again, I try to say, gather this data, gather this research literature, which is, which is, there's very minimal in this field right now, which is one reason four years ago when I opened my doors, I said, as a scientist, a researcher, a doctor, I want to really kind of gather this data and be able to pull it together. Just like we have so much data for um, ACL injuries after skiing injury, because it's been studied and studied and studied. I'm under the boat right now where I'm like, what I see, what I want to do with my practice and what I want to see is I want to see literature and say, what is the best thing for hunters? How do we make hunters be the very best and be successful, whether they are hunting sheep up in Alaska, whether they're hunting it, you know, down in Mexico, wherever they're at, let's, what's the best thing. And so is it this CrossFit type of exercise? I don't think there's anything wrong with CrossFit either. The stigma does come, the injuries happen, and usually it happens two weeks after um, people start because that's about when an overuse injury happens, which it happens, and, and I agree, like, as long as you're going about it smart, it's probably, it's not a bad thing. And so... But you're saying you want to see data. You, you want to, like, actually know. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And, and it's going to be hard to do, but that's again, that's what I want to do as a clinician and stuff. I want to gather this. So I'm, so I'm gathering it piece by piece over the last four years and have some of that data on the back pain and stuff and the shoulder, the knees, like I said, those percentages that just weren't out there. We have some data on some articles like on tree stand injuries and falls and bow hunting and most bow hunting injuries mm-hmm. are an arrow mm-hmm. going through their leg or whatever. Right. So things like that. But I, well, that's just in recent years, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. at least it seems to have been popping up more prevalent yeah. the last couple of yeah. years. And, but apart from that, like I want like the good hard data of like, what's, yeah. what's the best exercise? What's the best form of it? And I think all that you both have said, I'm going to take the middle ground and, or, and say, you guys are both probably right about those forms of activities um, because we just don't have it in the science right now or in the research to say, what is the best, but if we can kind of use anecdotal data, right. And say, Alan, you've hunted with a lot of different hunters over a whole bunch of different uh, terrain and everything. And those individuals that are fit focusing on cardio tend to do better. I agree. I think people who are strong also tend to do good people who are only focusing on one thing and lacking that cardiovascular exercise are setting themselves up for failure. I, I, I hear what you're saying on the, like, you know, the, on actually having hard facts and not just like anecdotal opinions. I, I, it would be pretty cool. Like, it sounds mm-hmm. like you've actually thought about maybe putting together some studies and trying to measure things. You know, when you, when you say, you know, your glutes need to be at a certain percentage of your body weight. I mean, so you like that kind of stuff. You want to know, okay, this is actually the fact let's meet this metric. So it it will be interesting to see Like, like you said, nobody's really done hunts, hunting specific studies. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think, sorry, I think that this, I, I get kind of excited about this because this is, 
exactly why I opened my doors is because for archers and bow hunters, a sport that I love. And again, we just don't have the data, but also it's a sport just like any other sport that people are practicing. You know, a basketball player just is practicing year year round or they're preparing for their things and they have their specific injuries and everything else like that. Well, hunters is the exact same. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Like this is a sport just like anything else and we can keep people healthy. We can keep people hunting. We can do those sorts of things. So I, I bring up that, those numbers because we have those numbers. And it seems like when I, I work with the USA archery team and when I test their shoulder strength, they're really close to those numbers or they're right on those numbers or they're right above or they're right below. So there is this kind of window of what's the perfect shoulder strength to prevent injury for bow hunting but it hovers around this percentage that people have done over various sports. And so that's what I want to say though. Like maybe it's not whatever, 25%, maybe it's 22%. Maybe it's, maybe it's more, maybe it's 40%. And you know, anyways, things like that, that those are the things that kind of get me excited. Maybe people are kind of bored with this conversation, but I think it's exciting because that's really the data that I want to get to make us better, to prevent injuries, to keep us hunting longer, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want to read an article that has hard data on a study that that shows like this would be the most effective way for you to spend your hour a day to get ready for your sheep hunt or whatever it is. Exactly. You know, like, you know, as a as a mountain goat outfitter in B.C., like we had guys show up that that they were so pathetic. And and they'd say, well, what did you do to prepare? Like, well, I went to the gym and I did bench like, bro, that's (laughs) not like stair climber 40 minutes minimum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. There's nothing that prepares you for backpacking like backpacking. Like, yes, there. Absolutely. And and on that note too, it's stairs walking on a treadmill on an incline. It it doesn't have to be weighted. All right. Go, go set a, go set a timer, get the, uh, map my run app from, under Armour. If you have a Bluetooth Under Armour shoe, you compare straight to it. If not, it doesn't matter. You're using it for time. Set a timer and go walk for an hour. It'll be a lot more beneficial. Yes. No, I think so. You, you, sorry, you hit the nail on the head there because I always say like, if you want to get good at a sport, do that sport. If you want to get good at backpacking, if you want to get good at carrying a pack, put a pack on and carry it and go for a hike and find a couple days a week to go spend an hour in the morning or an hour in the evening a few hours on a Saturday and go hike, put the weight on, because if you want to get good at something, if you want to get a good, good, at, um, hiking, then you got to go hiking. Yeah. You definitely see that when you hike with the guides, I mean, they, they're just, yeah, that's, who, that's, what, that's, they do, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. So on the, on the injury prevention side, you know, I've, we've got a couple individuals here at Hoyt. I know a couple other ones that are in the industry. Very few of them are what I would consider on the fitness side. You know, they might, they might go to the gym and walk for a little bit or, or do something around the house, but they're not, they're not touching a barbell. They're not getting on a mat in any kind of studio or a dojo. They are just doing life and getting out and walking or something to that effect, but they're having shoulder injuries. And it's a lot of it is from overuse, whether that's because they're, you know, a professional archer and they're running, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 arrows a year. What are things for those guys that are shooting high volume arrow counts in the year, but maybe not doing anything on the fitness side? What are things that we can look at doing to help prevent the shoulder injuries? I, I have my own opinions. Um, 
you know, you see a lot of the Joad kids showing up and they've got an elastic band and they have a banded protocol before they even touch their bow to warm up. What what are recommendations you have for those guys who are they're they're going to work all day and their bow is in their truck or in their office and then on their way home, they're hitting the range or they're shooting arrows on the weekend and not doing anything outside of that. All they're doing is focusing on form, technique, follow through, getting their shot done and getting arrows through. Yeah, there's no doubt about no doubt about it that arrows downrange are important. Um, and when I'm working with a lot of these, I know that um, some of the pro professional archers that I'm working with right now are shooting for you know six, seven hundred arrows a day. That's a lot. But the reason why they've asked me to help them out is because they want a program to supplement that. And that's what's important is supplementing it. So if you, whether you know you're you're working a long day and you're not a professional archer and you're just hitting the range after work. Um, you've been sitting kind of stagnant throughout the day on the computer, definitely those banded exercises. So I've done some stuff. Um, Ethan probably has it up on their website as well. Um, on my YouTube channels and stuff about some specific exercises, even just like five minutes worth of grab the bands and do some holding the band, pushing, you know, holding the band and doing the external rotation or moving your shoulders out to the side. Any number of exercises like that are really good mobility work where you're grabbing the band and stretching it out to the side and lifting it overhead, um, similar to like shoulder uh, dislocators. And so there's any number of exercises, but if people, that's where I see people break down is when they are shooting a lot or even they haven't shot a lot, a lot of times bow hunters. Um, we don't see this as much anymore, I feel like, but still I'll get a handful a year come July that say, man, I just picked up my bow. I, I, you know, I tried to shoot or even like the end of July, I picked up my bow. I shot about two, 300 arrows through it. I wanted to get kind of dialed. I was sore. And now my shoulders really hurt. And now I've got this shoulder pain every time I draw back that I can't, you know, I've got the shoulder pain in the front of my shoulder. And so there's a lot of prevention. That, that's happened to me. I, mm -hmm. I'll just say real yep. quick, just, it doesn't happen to me in July. It happens to me like in, in April or May when I'm getting ready for September. Cause you don't start in July, obviously, but still, mm -hmm. if I pick up a 72 pound bow and I've taken the winter off, and I start shooting again in April, I have to be very careful. In fact, I have started now um, grabbing my 60 pound target bow for the first week. Mm -hmm. I shoot a week with my 60 pound bow before I go to the 72, because I've hurt myself two different times in April with 72 pound bow when I wasn't used to it. And I will never do that again because it, 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 those yeah. injuries take forever to recover from. Yep. Back those limbs out, yep. especially, especially early, you know, pulling out a 72, 73, 74 pound bow cold and starting from scratch. Yeah. You could do it last year when you were shooting, you've had it up all winter, back that sucker out for two weeks and just yep. get the muscle memory back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I, I mean, you see a lot of trad hunters and a lot of recurve hunters um, do that as well, where they're just pulling on that bow nice and slow and just kind of going through the motion, right. Kind of warming up each time. But no, I think hands down, if, I see, I try to shoot a few times a, a week. I know Alan, you do as well. Um, and throughout the winter time, sometimes a little bit better than others, but even when in my basement, you know, wherever it is, just trying to get some of those reps in so that you're, you're maintaining a level of yeah. fitness, we'll say. Um, Ideally, man, but I just suck. Yeah. I, I suck sometimes. And I'll look back. Well, I'm like, man, I haven't shot it, in three months. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pathetic. But anyway, yeah, it, especially going through the winter coming yeah, out of season. Yeah. But I think, but I think in general, like a, 
a form, a plan, right? A specific exercise plan, things like that are super important to maintain or to continue to do or to add on for archery specifically, for bow hunting specifically, for your shoulders. And when I put together these programs, I'm thinking of more like whole body hunting. Let's focus on glutes, let's focus on the back, let's focus on the core legs, but also let's definitely get some arrows in. You mentioned about um, backing out your limbs and stuff or maybe picking up your 60 pound bow. I call it arrow dosing. And so like how many arrows do I want them to shoot every day, you know, or for you, right? You can shoot back, back it down to 60 or grab your 60 pound bow and you shoot that for a week. That's a good structural program, which is awesome. Doing the same thing. If you're like, I'm going to shoot 10 arrows and then I'm going to shoot 15 arrows or, you know, and kind of maintain that level yeah. for a couple of days as you're kind of working up that, working up that ladder there. You know, uh, it's interesting to me, something you said about your work with professional archers. And, uh, and this has kind of been something that I've had a hard time, like wrapping my head around in jujitsu, I'm, I'm getting some injuries and I I've had people telling me that, Hey, if you lifted weights, you would avoid some of these injuries. And, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm already overtraining. Like I am pushing my body beyond what a 47 year old man should do. Like I'm, mm-hmm. it, it's ridiculous what I'm doing to my body. And you're telling me I'm going to get less injured if I add more exercise. And so, and it reminded me of that with the archers, you're saying these guys are shooting 600 arrows a day. And I'm telling them that they need to do band exercises on their shoulders and they're going to have less of a chance of getting injured. That's interesting to me. Can you talk around that? Like what, what's, what's the science behind like these the supporting exercises? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And again, I love that you just said, what, what's the science behind it? So ultimately when we think about that gaining as we age and as basically our physiology and our muscles start to, I'm not going to say atrophy, but as they start to atrophy, I guess I'll say as they start to um, change from different fiber types, as we age and we start to lose less strength and things like that. We know that people who are stronger, they live longer. People who are stronger, they live longer. People who are stronger and more fit um, have a better quality of life and stuff. People who have strong um, core and back muscles, they have, most of them, we'll say, less back pain and stuff. So so I do think that there is, and maybe I'm one of those that have said, if you want to not get injured, Alan, do some more exercise. But you're like, I'm already training so much. But My garage is open, buddy. <laughs> I think you bring up a good question, though, as well, is like, are you just adding work onto it? And so now you're there just training all the time. And is that causing its injury of itself? What I see and what we see is that simple movements, again, banded movements and things like that, hitting those specific normal values are important, but those simple movements, whole body stuff is really important to bring circulation of blood flow. So if, if someone is they're like, man, I just can't do that. Then I'm like, I want every, I want every one of my professional archers. I want every one of them doing cardio. Now, not all of them do. They're like, I don't like court. I don't like cardio. I want to shoot my bow. That's great. And getting arrows is super important, but cardio is so important even for the archer to maintain a level of fitness as well as just circulation and blood flow. If we think about the circulatory system, and that's where I'm thinking right now is 
as um, we think of the circulatory system and it's just kind of regenerating this blood and stuff, that's a really important factor when we talk and it's always moving. The pumps never, doesn't never stop hopefully, but we can get that pump moving faster and circulating that blood quicker and regenerating that better and stuff. And so it gets it to those muscles. It gets to the small capillaries. It helps with some of the healing. It helps with small, some of the small um, injuries. So anyways. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Good stuff. Um, what, so what, what are some of the most common, I mean, you mentioned back and you've mentioned shoulder. Are those, are those the, the, for, you know, back for hunting shoulders for archery are those, those are the two most common you're seeing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, within the archery specific, um, sport, we'll say it's shoulders and then it's elbows as well. So it's called archers, mm-hmm. excuse me, yeah, it's called archers elbow, very similar to like a tennis elbow. Um, if you were, if you were a carpenter, you could probably call it carpenter's elbow. You could call it a lot of different things, but we call it, right. we call it archers elbow and that can be, retreated really well um with specific exercises i'll I'll say this because i've been seeing this a lot lately with a lot of my patients is we see a lot of tendon issues a lot of a lot of muscle and tendon issues i'll say so someone may think they have shoulder pain because they're shooting their bone they're like it's a rotator cuff it's a rotator cuff tear it's likely not a rotator cuff tear they do happen and there may be micro tears we'll say but a lot of the time it's some of these tendon issues or some tendinosis and is that like tendonitis? It is like tendonitis. Yeah. So tendinopathy yeah. is the umbrella term. Then you have tendonitis on one end of the spectrum, tendinosis on the other. And it's just basically a, a kind of an unhealthy tendon. And it's unhealthy because kind of inflamed, lot, it, not it, even so much inflamed. So I'm glad you're bringing up these terms because when they look at tendonitis, even when they do like, so they do histological studies where they take the, they actually take a sample of the tendon itself, the tissue, and they put it, you know, um, in a, in a Petri dish and look at it and stuff, they won't even see some of the, um, inflammatory markers. And so mm. that's also really important to think like maybe tendonitis isn't so much to do with the inflammation itself. Maybe it's just a tendon as well. That's not structured properly. When I say that maybe it doesn't have the great, or have, have enough tensile forces to withstand. Cause that's what mm-hmm. tendons are all about. It's, it's dissipating those, those, those loads to the muscles and the bones. And so maybe those tendons don't have the tensile force. Maybe they don't have the circulation through them. And so those simple, like, I really like high volume as far as loads and repetitions. Um, but tendons respond well to load muscles respond well to load. And so injuries, if it's a muscle or a tendon, it really responds well to load. And I've been seeing a lot lately where um, I do a lot of work with um, residents and interns and stuff as well. And sometimes underloading a tendon or a muscle can maintain this kind of pain. But if you kind of can get over it by loading it a little bit heavier, that tends to take some of that away. And so there's, there's a lot of different factors. And from what I do, um, really observing the patient and how they're responding is what's important. So is, is there a, you know, I mean, obviously the, the best solution would be to hire a doctor of yeah. physical therapy to, to do all these tests and make, but if, if I'm just a, you know, just a guy shooting my bow and I want to like say, Hey, I'd like to keep my shoulders strong. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a backpacker and I want to make sure my glutes and my back are strong. Um, are there articles and stuff that somebody can read or, or YouTube videos or things that people can find 
that are just going to be resources for this stuff that, that could make a difference? Or would you recommend like sort of like self-diagnosing and, and trying to do stuff on your own? I, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend self-diagnosing. Um, it can get you down a rabbit hole of self-prescribing. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so self-prescription is maybe better. <laughs> um, yeah, but no loading is good in general. So if anyone listening to this, like exercise is good, no matter what it is really. Yes, certainly evaluation. I do a lot of virtual stuff as well, which is really nice. So if that's interesting to anybody, about 50% of my uh, current caseload is is virtual. And the, the point of it is exercise is good. There's some, I have a bunch of stuff out on YouTube. Um, I will say that there is some other information from Mountain Physio that's going to be coming. That's going to answer that exact question, Alan. Um, it'll be nice. available. It'll be available to people. So I'm working on something in the in the making right now, which I'm pretty excited about. But um, should be coming here hopefully within the next couple of months to really provide this data for individuals to read up on. Because that's again, that's what I kind of geek out on, and maybe not other everybody does. But finding um, where is the research, and so I'm compiling all that, and it should be available here soon. So. All right. That's awesome. We'll be looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. Preston, this has been very interesting. I think, um, I, I think people, people will find this like, it'll, it'll at least spark interest in what can I do better to support this sport? Mm-hmm. And you, you're absolutely right. This is a sport. I mean, I like I've, I've trained for and ran marathons and I've trained for and done sheep hunts and the sheep hunts are way harder than the marathons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it, it, this is a, a real sport and we got to take it seriously and, and be, be prepared for it. And I think for a lot of us, it's our inspiration in life to stay in shape and all of that. So it's so mm-hmm. good for us. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it allows us to hunt and pursue our passion much longer in life. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, that's my, I will say that's the mission ever since meeting that guy and the, the pro shop there. That's kind of been my inspiration. Yeah. I'm going to try to keep people hunting. I say season after season, year after year, as long as they can, I want them doing it into their, you know, seventies, eighties. I don't see a reason why that that's not the, like that couldn't be the case. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Fantastic. Are there, are there things that you recommend, especially for the backcountry hunter, things that you recommend putting in either your first aid kit or your, your pack kit that you can see the benefit of, especially if you were to, you know, sleep on your shoulder wrong mm-hmm. or something happens and, and you tweak any other things that you see the potential benefit for having in a kit like that to extend a hunt and not have to come off the mountain. I guess a range full of Demerol or something like that. No. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm specifically asking like, like KT tape or um, like I, I take KT tape and I take a band with mm-hmm. me. Um, so I get up first thing in the morning and I have a banded protocol that I'll do before I even put my pack on and get ready to leave camp. Mm-hmm. And I'll have that tape and band with me. Cause again, it doesn't weigh anything and I'll carry it around. So, you know, after lunch, if we haven't got on a bowl or made a stock and I haven't drawn my bow rather than knock an arrow and drawing. Cause a lot of times I'll hunt with a hinge. I'll grab that band and do some banded work, throw it back in the pack and off we go. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I don't know if you looked on my website or not, but I've got a, a actual backcountry kit that's made for this. That's really lightweight and everything. So. Nice. No, I, I didn't actually. <laughs> I don't think you did. Um, but I, I have that very same thing. I've thought about that same thing of like a lightweight backcountry kit that can people um, can can have, which is full of bands, 
and also like a really light uh, massage ball that you can take as well and small and stuff like that. I've got that in there. But anyways, whether you get that or not, it's it's I do agree. I think some bands and stuff like that are very important to just take. Again, they don't take up a lot or just take one of them so you can get some of those reps in. Um, just again, mobility, like we kind of talked about body weight stuff. There's some other exercises and let's see. Yeah, I think I yeah, there was I wrote a couple articles as well on QU's page as far as some injury prevention and injuries and stuff like that and things to do in the back country. Um I'm I'm working on one right now for for the back pain. Um that'll have some self-help tips as well. So Nice. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, great great stuff, guys. Um good podcast. I think uh I learned a lot, so I'm hoping everybody who listens pulls something great out of this. So, Preston, thanks for your time. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate guys. sharing knowledge. Yep. All right, guys. Yep. Where, where can people find you to get more information? Yeah. Thank you. Um, find me at my, my website is mountainphysio.com. So M T N T H Y S I O.com. So mountainphysio.com. I'm most active on Instagram, which my Instagram account is the same thing. Mountain underscore physio. And then I've got some YouTube clips, same thing, mountain physio, but, um, YouTube out there. And then, yeah, subscribe on my website because I've got some cool things coming down the, the pipe, um, research and stuff like that, that I've been working on as well as getting more people to be involved in research and, um, get us mm. some of that solid data. So very nice. Cool. So you can participate cool. in research. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Right on guys. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate your time, Preston. Thank you, buddy. Yeah.